0: all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Terry joined by Gooey Fame. Goo, how are you on this late Friday evening?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, we're recording at what, it's almost my bedtime, actually. I've become a very early Goo. Yeah. I've had lifestyle change, and now I go to bed around 9 <laughs> or 10, if I can.
0: Well, I commend you for that actually i i can't be an early spateria i just yeah
1: i've tried it and it just doesn't it doesn't work i still have a hard time going to sleep like when i need to to get Mm -hmm. to get proper sleep before work but overall i you know i i get tired at almost the right time
0: this is kind of a uh, a weird episode for both you and i because we're both we've both been displaced from our usual recording uh <laughs> yeah. hubs if you will sure so I I right now goo I'm sitting in my new basement so I moved last weekend I'm in my new basement the the walls are like like this awful shade of like turquoisey green right now there's nothing else in this room so if it's echoey everybody I'm sorry but uh yeah I've got literally nothing but a desk my computer my mic and this this cold one which I'm about to open right now.
1: <laughs> See that that's another issue I'm having is um, I was like oh you stay up late I could I could have a beer or something but um I'm trying not to uh I'm not trying to eat or drink anything but water tonight because uh in the morning I think I'm gonna go get some blood work done uh mm, just gotcha. for for a checkup and I can't I can't have any food I gotta it's gotta be a like an 8-hour or something. I forgot how long. Yeah, a 12-hour fast. Call. Yeah, I got yeah. a fast. So you want to uh, do know it what? overnight, you know. So I can't even enjoy a beer with you right now. A late-night beer would
0: typically uh, do me in, actually. If, especially if I was, like, an early goo. I would be, like, shutting my <laughs> eyes. So probably a good call. What was also a good call for any of you listeners out there... Is if you checked out the champions cast this last week, uh I was as I was mentioning, I, I moved, so I wasn't able to actually record last weekend, but we released the first episode that we ever did of the Zelda bonus show that we release over on patreon.com forward slash virtual theater, and I was laughing my ass off editing <laughs> this thing. I was editing and out our
1: own stuff.
0: <laughs> It was so funny. <laughs> like uh, I was editing out all the swear words and like we got to a point where one of us said like big dick energy and I just lost my mind no. it was so funny. <laughs>
1: oh wow, I don't even remember that. Yeah, I... uh, it's uh
0: it was it was amazing stuff. Um I had a I had a great time listening to that back and uh, uh, I think that all of you guys We'll have a great time listening to it too. If you want to go and check it out, it's the first episode is available for free over on the Champions Cast. So go check that out. And then, you know, if uh, if, you feel, if you feel like you're being a little bit generous, maybe you got a couple extra bucks in your pocket, uh, hit us up over on Patreon and you can listen to the rest of them because they are just as funny. I like cannot stress enough that I was like howling. Samantha actually recorded me chuckling. At my own jokes
1: <laughs> making this episode. You love your own jokes so much.
0: I do. I, I loved your jokes too. I, <laughs> one thing that really popped me was I was noticing when I was editing is like, I was like, God damn, like I swear so much and Gooey never swears. It makes me look like this, like just kind of schluck. <laughs> and just a foul mouth. When you finally were just like, yeah, this fucking piece of shit, Link.
1: <laughs> just, uh, that popped yeah, that me, so that was good I stuff. Never, I never thought about that. People tell or I do think about it, but only because people randomly tell me, like at work or whatever, like coworkers are like, oh, you never swear. You never swear. I'm like, I, I guess I don't, I don't take stock of how much I swear. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: you know i never really notice it myself i i'm probably aware that i have a, a little bit more of a potty mouth than you for sure but um i i noticed it when i was editing out all of the yeah. uh
1: the f bombs i was like eesh, eesh. i occasionally so, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you're you're a true bad boy of of the podcasting world that's right
0: probably put it off as long as we can i don't think there's any video game news i don't think there's any video game happenings in the world you know (laughs) what we're here for everybody resident evil extinction the saga continues and we are entering into film number three of the resident evil uh franchise from our boy paul w and uh yeah uh, i'm excited to talk about this one I, I approached it with yeah. a different mindset than I did last time because I shit okay. all over Resident Evil Apocalypse and I feel like kind of rightfully so but you know I, I did reach <laughs> that point and I think you helped me get there when we were recording and I was like this is so awful and you helped me get to that point where it's like you just got to go with it like this is what it is right yeah so I, I went into this with a different mindset
1: okay okay um it would be interesting to see how that played out Cause I can, even now, I mean, I liked, I liked the second one, but, um, I even felt, I felt differently about this one compared to the second one. So, um, I, I, I went in with a similar mindset that I had to the second one, but, uh, I don't know. I found myself enjoying this one even more actually. Hmm.
0: This is uh, this is not directed by our boy Paul W. Although he did produce and write it. Instead, this is directed by uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Russell Mulcahy. Is that how you
1: say it, Russell Mulcahy? I don't know. This um, person did something, some other. Oh, uh, the Highlander, Highlander. movies. Yeah. yeah. So okay, that's off to a good. I got a good start, I think. I got to admit, I've never seen Highlander. <laughs> Uh, you need to pop open Tubi. <laughs> I think that you can watch the first one on there. Shout out to Tubi, actually. I, I watched <laughs> uh, I watched a
0: movie on Tubi the other night, so I still use that, by God. This guy has directed some absolute bangers here. I'm going to read you off some of his filmography here. Okay. So, we've got Teen Wolf, which he directed. Uh, we've got oh. Highlander, which he directed. Um, he has been involved, either produced or worked on, uh, such incredible movies, such as, uh, as Eye Candy, as Give Him Hell, as, uh, The Scorpion King 2. Wow, uh, yeah. The Sitter, The Curse of the, the King Tut's Tomb. This guy is,
1: he's been around the block. He's made some films. I feel like, uh, Scorpion King sequel is uh, similar prestige to Resident Evil Extinction. I
0: very much agree with you. I very much feel that. It's in his lane. Uh, there's not a whole lot of, of notes and stuff that I wanted to uh, to get into before the movie because I wanted to get straight to the action, but I did pick out a few things that that were kind of interesting to me. Um, the first of, them, of which is that this film was not screened for critics. So you can guess why. Uh, the first two Resident Evil films had overwhelmingly negative reactions to them. So I guess they decided just to forego that uh, that particular screening and probably for the probably for the best cuz
1: this is really just more of the same. It, you know what? It's it's not for them. It's for us the true fans.
0: This one really <laughs> this one really actually kind of blew my mind when I read it. So Mila Jovovich wasn't interested in doing a third Resident Evil film due to her disappointment with Resident Evil Apocalypse. However, She changed her mind after reading the script.
1: Okay. I believe it. This is the first one where... um, I don't know. I felt like this was the first one where Alice's story was interesting, at least to me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because in the first Uh. one, she's just like amnesia. I don't know anything. It's really, it's really lame. In the second one, it's more about all these other characters. And in this one, it's still an ensemble flick. But, like, by this, it it also has to do with, like, I've watched them all. But, like, Mm -hmm. by this point now, like, they're sort of focusing in on, like, her response to the things that happened to her in the first two movies. Like, it took a while to get there. And they even are like explicitly calling back to them, but like I do think like she's it's not like a it's not like a deep there's not like a deep story arc or anything I don't think, but at least I found it more engaging
0: you know i I think that's fair, I think you make a fair point um I was gonna say like for me watching this, it felt like Alice actually took a back seat to a lot of the other stuff going on and and I'll kind of touch on this like, as we get into the movie itself, but, like, um, like in the first two Resident Evil movies, like, I felt like her narrative was, like, very much, like, the, the focus and everything else is, like, kind of secondary, whereas, like, this one, I feel like it's kind of split a little bit more evenly into, like, these three, you know, storylines, which eventually kind of weave together, but I, I didn't feel like hers took precedence over anything else, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. I just okay. thought it was kind of funny because, like, I feel like she did less talking in this one than any other movie before. So, I, it, it was funny to me that she was, like, read that script and was like, okay, cool. I don't have to say much. Uh, I'm down with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, oh, what? we might just differ there because, yeah, I think, like, yeah, I still think there's, like, a so not total focus on her, but there's more there's more going on with her in my opinion
0: uh, yeah i i can see where you're coming from
1: sienna uh,
0: gilroy i think is her name uh the actress who played jill valentine from resident evil apocalypse um, apparently had the opportunity to return in this movie but turned it down to star in uh aragon about the dragons. Oh. I think it's like a teen movie. Have you ever yeah, seen
1: Aragon? I, n- I never saw that. No, that was based on like a YA novel, right? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's actually, it was for the better. I think I defended her in the last movie, but um, after seeing this one, uh, it it actually it just drastically lowered my opinion on a lot of stuff from the second movie that I stood up for. And yeah, I... I I'm more like it's a good that she wasn't in this unless they had like kind of changed her a little bit. I know you weren't a fan. Yeah.
0: I, I don't ever want to come up here on this show as like some <laughs> schmuck recording in his basement and say like this person sucked in this movie, but like,
1: like we could do better.
0: <laughs> right. Like, like we couldn't do, but we can do better. We couldn't even do half as good. But that being said, I feel like she was not very strong. In her movie, at all, like and- at all. <laughs> so I wasn't heartbroken to see her gone. I feel like she also just didn't really make any sense, and like her being there, like she was like this badass roll tied female character, but like so is Alice. You know what I mean? So yeah, like-
1: exactly. Yeah, I I am with you, especially now because I I feel like her, and I don't I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like her kind of replacement in the story or whatever was Claire in this and I felt like it was a more I thought a, yeah I thought Claire more interesting character and and, uh, and also just because uh they didn't stick as much to like trying to make her look like from the games or like kind of give her a similar vibe you know they like kind of made her her own unique movie character which I'm sure some people wouldn't like right. but I actually think because this one is now... So, this is not even attached to the reality, really, of the Resident Evil games. Like, they never go... You you don't see society ever collapsed in any Resident Evil game, you know? So, like, I like that yeah. it's like, okay, this is its own... It's its own universe, you know? Yeah,
0: and, like, they really just named her Claire as, like, fan service, basically, right?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, pretty much. Which... Uh, I'm actually okay
0: with. And I want to elaborate on that point a little bit later in this movie, actually, because I okay. I, uh, I kind of wrote down something similar, but into the opposite effect. So I'm excited to get your opinion on that. Um, before we get sure, there. Sure,
1: I think I know. Okay, yeah, go ahead. You think you know? I, yeah, you
0: probably do know. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that you do. All right, before, before we get there, uh, we got two alums from Virtual Theater uh, movies that we've covered in this movie yeah the first our boy lyndon ashby who collaborated with paul w as the one and only johnny cage is in this movie so shout out to uh, to lyndon for coming back after some mortal
1: kombat yeah treatment. yeah he deserved it who was he even was he the the sniper guy yeah the guy who died on the eiffel tower he was cool i actually um, liked, I liked him even like there was a lot of, you know, it's, they're not really meant to have like kind of big arcs, but they're like, there were a lot of like little characters with some personality. And I, I did think he was kind of cool.
0: Another returning veteran, one that uh, you, you may not know off the top of your head, but costume designer, Joseph A. Porro is working on this movie and he has also worked on another absolutely classic, Legendary video game movie, the one and only Super Mario Bros. movie. So, shout oh. out to Joseph. What a resume.
1: He did good. I thought, um, I found myself saying a couple times in this movie, uh, this person looks so cool. And <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he did some good good job there with the costume design. Uh, I'm not going to lie.
0: I actually hate Alice's duster in this movie. But Really?
1: Like, oh, I thought... I thought she looked cool in this movie. I thought she was the coolest looking character.
0: <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. That the Duster and Scarf combo or whatever she had going on, it it just wasn't working for me. Okay, okay. We're we're kinda spoiled though because like uh the movie opens up with like Alice in her Resident Evil 1 getup, which I think it looks like
1: That is it is cool and it is like it's iconic. Um yeah. But you can't you can't do the same thing. I actually think like I like how distinct each movie has been in her look, at least.
0: We're at another Resident Evil movie. And uh, we start off with uh, with a naked Mila Jovovich roll tied in the basement here. And this is yeah. a replay from the opening scene of the first Resident Evil. And we've got that aforementioned classic red dress. So, uh, you know, shout out to the iconic uh, the iconic getup here. But Alice finds herself in the same laser room that sliced yeah. all those other guys up. I like <laughs> this. This is cool.
1: I was cuz I was like, oh, are there like is there's definitely a lot of it's it's kind of fan servicey, but I also feel like the movie it did reference that kind of stuff in a way that was like satisfying as someone who's been watching and also like um again, I, I was thinking about like you know we've seen all this bad stuff happen to her but like not really seen like her response yet you know so like this this sort of set that up like remember you know the first movie and like kind of you know plants that seed and then it yeah it was really cool i was so excited about the the laser grid yeah, i was like you can't just show that and and uh not cube someone in this movie <laughs> it
0: was awesome too cuz she just like jumps right over it and like like you said i'm just like oh that's too bad i wanted to see someone get cubed but we do get that payoff later in the movie so Uh, i I was very satisfied with
1: this room but that was such a cool move when she just like jumps in the ducks and is like nope not today and i was like i was like what the fuck is going on because like i was like are they it's just what's is this the first movie again like but it's different you know it's different you come to realize and then i was thinking like She was like captured at the end of the second one, but then she used her like mind powers to like escape, I thought. So I was like, what is happening? You know, why is she here?
0: (laughs) Oh I thought she didn't she break out at the end of the second one?
1: Yeah, it was that awesome moment where I feel like it was like I was fine I was finally like, all right, I'm ready to see what happens with her because she like stares at the camera. And they start, like, bleeding out of their eyes, you know? <laughs> um, oh, that's
0: right. She did the
1: Darth Vader choke. Yeah. Uh yeah. So, yeah, I was, like, I was genuinely, like, what are they doing here? Are they retconning the movie? So, I actually wondered if I put in the right Resident Evil movie. Because all, all my shit's
0: in boxes right now. So, I, like, I just grabbed Resident Evil. And I was, I was pretty sure it was Extinction. But uh, eventually, so you see... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you do see like the flashes of like the uh, the captain guy from A V P getting sliced into bits. So I was like, okay, this is the right one. But it was pretty yeah. cool. I thought it was a cool open. Um, Especially the Alice way gets it all shot.
1: concludes. I think yeah is really interesting.
0: Yeah, so Alice is shot right in the gut. Uh, obviously, not how Resident Evil one happened. And our boy Jora Ian Glenn... Is back, and I yeah. kind of forgot about him. Dr. Isaacs. You know what? I have to say, I think, or I thought, I guess maybe, it would be the better way to put it, is that Dr. Isaacs was the most interesting character in this movie.
1: Yeah, he had, um, yeah, he had cool, like, cool motivations that, like, I don't think he had in the other movie. He wasn't really featured in it that much. Well, I guess he was, but, yeah, he was much more interesting Um, I, I think they did a good job, honestly, juggling like different, different, uh, your different baby faces and heels and how they interact with each other. I mean, it's not like elevated or anything. It's not like nothing you've never seen before, but it's, it's pretty satisfying. And like, yeah, he ends up, we'll see later. He kind of clashes with good guys and bad guys. And it's, it's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I know this is like the third time I've said it in 10 minutes, but I, I do want to talk about that later because there's <laughs> that really interesting scene where he, uh, yeah, he's, he's clashing and there's no alignment at all. Babyface, the heel, it doesn't matter. Uh, Isaacs is going to get you. Um, but before we get there, uh, we find out so this Alice is dead and uh, Isaacs just disposes of her body, and we see that there are like hundreds of alice clones in the desert that he is discarded which is yeah. a lot of dresses by the way
1: <laughs> can you imagine yeah they, they're they paying the that costume designer extra no kidding where do you even get all those dresses in this post-apocalyptic world <laughs> they just have a tailor on hand and a lot of fabric <laughs> i i oh, thought fuck. yeah this was great because again it was like i think this opening scene is awesome because it was like the flashbacks kind of to Resident Evil One, what's going on? It's it's disorienting, right? And then that happens, and it's to me, I, I was yeah. shocked. I did not expect that, and that's when I was just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and um, yeah, I thought this was a a great cold open to the movie.
0: I I'm gonna say something that that might um I might put you off here, but I I thought that this is probably the best part of this movie. It started off really good. Turned okay. It turned off really good. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: uh, and I I maybe towards the end it kind of it got back up to these to this high, but uh, yeah, this is a great start to the movie I thought. It was really cool and and lots of promise. Um but so we we go and we see the world now and it looks like zombies have like basically taken over the world. It's been what do they say like 5 years since apocalypse, I think? Uh
1: yeah, I don't, yeah, I guess so. I don't remember.
0: Something like that, and like the world is like literally a desert. There's no water. There's no green. It's just a big brown pile of
1: shit. Uh, it, it's, <laughs> it's very, like, it's very Mad Max. It's kinda. very Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's, I, I wrote like, this down multiple times. It. Yeah,
0: and, and like the whole the whole roaming caravan thing is like it's very like it's very Mad Max. It's obvious that they took inspiration from that. But I feel like that actually kind of works against it. And I don't know if you agree with that, Goo, but like, to me, it's like, it's not even a subtle comparison. You're just comparing this to Mad Max. And like this movie just obviously has a hard time coming on top of that comparison.
1: Um, No, I, yeah, I didn't feel that way. Cause I, I felt like it was just like, it wasn't like just trying to be Mad Max. You know, I feel like it just was taking its like cute little cues from, all these different movies like there's some other um there's some other references that i think are there too and so i i didn't have this comparison with me the whole time where i was like oh this is just like a bad version of mad max i just thought okay "Okay, that's that's cool like that's that's like a a cool way to go with it yeah okay i i feel like when there's action and stuff happening like i don't
0: necessarily think that but like in the multiple scenes where like they're they're in their vehicles and they're on the, the caravan or whatever, I'm just it, it makes me think of of Mad Max and like how cool that movie looked in the cinematography. And uh, these are obviously two different you know styles and kinds of movies, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was it was hard to get out of that shadow. I think for me, um, I did pop though when the fucking tumbleweed rolled by. I thought that was like so funny because it was just so. Free like on the nose.
1: Pretty classic tumbleweed, yeah.
0: So the real Alice shows up. We finally see the real Alice. She's rocking her duster and she gets she gets trapped by like some gang. And then they they try and rape her or something. I was like, "What is this?" And then they throw her in a
1: pit with zombie dogs. Yeah, and so then she kicks all the dogs' ass.
0: <laughs> there is uh there is one close up of like the the gang lady's face. And they like zoom in on her face, and she goes from like cackling to this frown, and it's so funny. Just <laughs> as Alice is starting to whip the dog's ass, it's it was so good. I, I thought I thought that like actually there are multiple like zoom ins on people's faces in this movie that just yeah, there, cracked me up.
1: There were some good like, and they they had like a kind of like comedic beats to them. Yeah, there were yes. like almost it's it. I I wouldn't say it's like totally there because it was almost sacrilegious but it had almost like a Sam Raimi vibe like in like uh a lot of his movies like in Evil Dead or whatever there's like these zoom-ins on these kind of like horrific things but it's it's so funny the way they do it (laughs) so (laughs) you know it's it's it was cool to see it in like such a you know it's like a very awful scene you know did you like this this dog scene? I did. I did like it. Did and you I, I thought the dogs looked pretty good too. Um compared to the previous movies, like there's some bad there's some bad special effects in this one still, but like um I I thought the dogs looked pretty good compared to like the so... li- the liquor or whatever, you know, like um just in general, I think the movie looked a little bit nicer even though it's still clearly on a budget um it felt the it felt a little bit more visually cohesive or something i i don't know i i promise you i promise
0: you i went in with a mindset of like you know what i'm just gonna enjoy this for like the dumb action zombie movie that it is but when i was watching this i was just like oh this this kind of looks shitty but at this point i'm like okay this is fine it looks they're shitty zombie dogs like that's all they need to be right that's wow
1: Yeah, see, I went into this like, okay, I'm expecting a romp like the last time, but I was like, this is, I thought like, this is not even, I I don't even say this with like any sense of irony. Like, I thought this was like a pretty solid movie. (laughs) Like, it's obviously not like, you know, the most amazing thing I've ever seen, but I was like, this is pretty good. Like, it felt like, it reminded me of AVP a little bit where I was like, it like it, it just just exceeded my expectations where i was just like i only thought i was going to watch something stupid but instead i like watched something that was like stupid but also good <laughs> i don't know i don't know how to describe it but i thought the dogs looked good
0: that that's the magic of paul w he just he he makes you feels he makes you feel and you can't even describe what you're feeling That's Paul W. for you, baby.
1: Yeah. He did. Well, him and uh, whatever, um, the the Highlander guy, they they both did a good job. (laughs) We meet the
0: convoy, as they're called, the uh, Claire Redfield convoy. And we got Carlos and LJ back. And I, I have to say, I liked Carlos from the last movie. Was kind of indifferent on LJ. Uh, and Claire seems like she seems good. She, you're right. She definitely is an improvement over Jill. I thought for sure. And
1: I liked, like, well, I mean, it's not a big story element, so we can kind of drop it now. But like the the interactions, I sort of like the interaction of like her and when Alice comes into the fold, and it and it's like it's not so like standoffish and like conflict heavy, but there is yeah. there is sort of this believable element of like. You know, oh, who is this person? But like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna kind of go with you because you know, Carlos Vouch is for you. Like, like all the all the characters felt a little bit more believable in this. Like, I I think LJ he was less, he was more serious. You know, he was less like I'm just cracking all these like uh, yeah one I would, liners uh, and I
0: would, ag- I would agree.
1: And I liked. I I don't remember how I felt about Carlos, but like I liked him. I feel like I liked him more in this, too. I I felt... And again, I felt kind of the detachment of him from the actual series at this point. Like, I didn't think of him as, like, a worse version of Carlos from the games, you know?
0: You know, maybe... um, I had an easier time with Carlos because I, I never really played Resident Evil 3, like, growing up. So I didn't have, like, a... Like a picture of of Carlos in my head, you know yeah um, I, I, t- I mean, to be honest, like I think that like really like Wesker and Leon are the only character, or maybe like to a lesser extent Chris are like the only Resident Evil characters I would say that like like those are like characters that I hold like near and dear that have like really strong personality traits to them that like okay. You know, Um, and and I might be missing a few, but yeah, I, I think I liked Carlos in the last movie. He was, he was good. The actor that plays him is good. Uh, believable.
1: He's great. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a legend. (laughs)
0: He's, uh, I was looking him up actually. He's in the blacklist. He's in Star Trek discovery. Uh, he's done a ton of cool stuff. He's in the mummy. He's done some cool stuff. So I, I thought that he was good in this movie as well. LJ. I don't know about LJ. I he was he was a little bit annoying to me in the last movie, and he's I have a big gripe with him in this movie too, which I'll get to later. But uh you know what? I, I think that oh, no. <laughs> on the whole on the whole, this convoy was like pretty decent.
1: And you have all these side characters who kind of have all their like kind of little quirks. They're they're not like, you know, deeply explored characters but they're all they they do a good job in making them all likable enough so that because you know like a lot of them are gonna die and so like when they die it's like semi-impactful like when uh you know when um johnny cage dies i was i literally was like oh no like he's cool
0: (laughs) i don't know if i felt like the same kind of uh like, oh no, when Johnny Cage died, I, I kind of forgot, like, cause there was what, there was the sniper guy. He was up there, there was, he, he was
1: sniping in the cowboy hat, he was cool. It, yeah,
0: he was actually kind of cool, but then there was the other guy that looked like, um, Steve Irwin, and he got eaten, and I was just like, oh yeah, I forgot about him.
1: Which guy was it?
0: The- hey, He kind of looked, he was the, he was like the computer guy. Okay. He was in the truck. I I mean it's not important. He was yeah. he was kind of whatever, but I remember him yeah. less. I,
1: I there's like the guy who's like shaking the cans and guessing the food. I I thought he looked cool and seemed nice. <laughs> so, I was like I was like rooting for him a little bit for no, you know, for not really any reason but other than that. Tell me
0: what you think of this because you kind of touched on it earlier and uh I I'm curious to see what you think. So, next We meet Wesker, who is the shadowy, you know, overseer (laughs) of the Umbrella Corporation. And I I don't know what it was, but like I thought that he just looked goofy in his sunglasses and his like blonde hair. And so I'm thinking to myself like so you on one hand, you've got Ian Glenn here, right? And Ian Glenn rocks, this dude is like a, a wicked actor, he's got a commanding voice. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, they, they got the casting reversed here. Like, like, Ian Glenn should have been Wesker and th- this other guy should have been Dr. Isaacs. And then, like, later in the movie, I made this note and I was like, you know what? I think they just should have never included Wesker and, like, Isaacs be that Wesker character in the movie. Because, like, at, at least to me, like, I thought Ian Glenn totally overpowered Wesker in here. Like, he just made him look like a schlup. Um, and I don't know if you felt that way, but I was curious to see because, like, it really stuck out to me every time I saw Wesker.
1: Well, I I agree and dis uh, disagree with you at a couple points. Um, I do just on the base level agree. He looked like a uh, he looked like a poor man's like Eminem or something. <laughs> it was kind of off putting for sure. Um, but I did I did like that sort of push and pull that we were talking about that like uh ian glenn's character had dr isaacs had a different he was kind of going against the umbrella corporation's motives and i thought that made him that made him a more interesting character and i and so i sort of think by design he should in this movie at least overshadow wesker if that makes sense because he's your final villain and the story of this movie is concluding with him. But then like, you know, now you have it set up for like, there's going to be a continuing story of Alice against umbrella and Wesker and all that stuff. Um, and so I'm okay with this movie with him kind of just being like not, not really focusing on his character. He is just kind of the shadowy bad guy. But the only yeah. the only thing I would have changed was just like make him not look like that. That that would be my I where I would agree with you. Like they they didn't like 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 with Claire, they didn't need to like try to make him look like Wesker. You know, I know Wesker's thing is he wears sunglasses, but maybe you didn't need to do that. I don't know. Maybe you didn't need to like bleach uh, yeah, a guy's hair. Like he had like bleach blonde hair, right? Like it wasn't just like his natural hair i could be wrong there but
0: Uh, i agree i I think that you could have even if you just had the bleach blonde hair i think that would have been fine or like if like one or the other but he just i i don't know he he didn't work for me and like i actually like i don't mind like there being a villain in this movie but like an overarching villain like a wesker in the series i just like i don't know what it was to me and i think jason omara plays wesker in this movie yeah um he, to me, he just didn't come out on top versus Ian Glenn as Isaacs. I just, I thought he was so much more interesting. I thought he was so much more commanding and, like, uh I don't know. I, like, I literally, I would have switched those roles and, like, you know, Ian Glenn is Wesker and Jason O'Mara is, is Isaacs, maybe, or you know, maybe, maybe Wesker could have been in the Isaacs role in this movie and vice versa. And like Isaacs could have been the overarching bad guy of this series. I'm not sure. And I'm pretty sure actually that this is the only movie in the franchise that, uh, Jason O'Mara plays Wesker. I'm pretty sure he got recasted after this. So okay, it's, that's probably it's, it's kind good. of a moot point, but yeah,
1: I've, I don't know. It was weird to me. I actually would have, um, I would have, done less with him i would have made him probably more in the shadows like you don't ever really see him you know give a Mm -hmm. tease maybe you know you don't need to have wesker in there right away you don't really need to have wesker i don't think (laughs) or any character from the game but again i would have i would have just cast like someone who looks different you know maybe an older guy like an ian guy type would have worked in that role or whatever you know but I, I don't think, I liked, I liked that the main villain, the more interesting villain wasn't, wasn't the, the boss of the, um, umbrella. Like, I liked that, uh, because yeah. you almost, you don't root for him, because he's pretty bad, but, like, from a character perspective, you are rooting for him, like, from a, like, meta story perspective, you're like, okay, he's he's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll get there, because that was another thing that I thought was weird about Wesker as well. Something was off, I think. And maybe it was just the fact that it was, like, Wesker and not, like, the president of Umbrella or something like that, you know? So Isaacs says that he can reverse the T-virus, or I guess not reverse it, but he can at least control the zombies. He can, like, uh, make them docile and make them respond and you know do make him play chess and take pictures and stuff like that so he's doing some good shit down in his laboratory um there's some fun scenes
1: there it it sort of reminded me of uh the later um like day of the dead and like land of the dead even where like some of the zombies develop like personality or like you know some sentience or whatever That was another, that was another little Easter egg, you know, that I like, it felt kind of inspired by Day of the Dead a little bit, but less again, they didn't fully explore it similar to the Mad Max thing. It it just felt more like, I don't know. I think Paul, I think Paul just kind of like is making a movie a lot of the times and he's just, you know. Making a movie, and it's like what happens in movies well this yeah. ha- this happened in a movie, you know, so uh but i liked I liked the concept I thought that was cool they you know uh,
0: i agree I, I thought that it was kind of neat, and like you know it, it was it's a pretty big threat, like imagine if he can control it, like then he'd have the i mean the entire world is zombies now, so yeah it was uh it was pretty like it was a pretty interesting wrinkle into the story i thought um i I tried not to, but man, I, I couldn't help but think this. When they're showing, like, how quickly the T-virus spread, I was just like, good God, does that not remind you of, like, the real world right now? Uh,
1: Yeah, you yeah, know, I, I guess so.
0: Oh, man. So, we we meet the convoy. And, you know, what? actually, I got, a, I got a bone to pick here about Claire Redfield's convoy. So, every time they're on the radio, Goo, they're mm-hmm. just like, this is Claire Redfield's convoy calling. Claire Redfield's convoy here. If you are in a post-apocalyptic world and you have this badass convoy, why are you not giving yourself a badass name? Call yourself, like, the Road Warriors or, like, something like that. <laughs> instead of, like, Claire Redfield's convoy.
1: I think, uh, well, for one, the point of these transmissions is to, like, find other survivors, right? I think you would have sound approachable. <laughs> 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 this is the Road Warriors. <laughs> Uh, hello, it's, this is the, uh, the Bone Smashers, and, uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) what, what about, uh, what about, what about, like, Team Friendship, we're the friendship bus, Uh, there's gotta be something better than Claire Redfield's Convoy, (laughs) goddammit, um, well, well, this movie, that didn't bug me, (laughs) I, it just, it just stuck out to me, I was like, damn, I would have, uh, I would have come up with a cool name. Um, this movie levels up immediately in this next scene, I think, because LJ shoots a zombie right in the dick, and I fucking <laughs> thought that was so funny. Pretty good LJ LJ bit. It, so yeah, the Claire Redfield convoy—they're out looking for survivors, uh, and and I forgot about uh, about this, but according to IMDb, because I looked it up because she looked familiar, Ashanti is in this movie. Yes, and. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I, I forgot about Ashanti. But like she was I think she was pretty big back in the day. I I can't recall any of her songs off the top of my head. But I'm pretty sure she did What's Love with uh Ja Rule or Fat Joe, one of the two. Can't remember any of her like solo songs though. And I feel like I should be able to remember that. Here's a good uh barometer.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Foolish Rock with you Happy unfoolish <laughs> the I, sequel yeah i don't know if i mean if we played if you like if i hit play on a song it would probably be instantly like oh my god of course i
0: remember thinking back in the day that she was like freaking roll tied actually she she is roll tied in this movie too we should just say but uh yeah she uh I, f- I forgot about ashanti until i saw her pop up in this movie shout out to ashanti who like literally lives for about 30 minutes in this movie
1: yeah yeah i um glad you came yeah i thought they were gonna do um a little bit a little bit more with uh her and lj but it was fine yeah
0: yeah i uh you know i was i was a little bit surprised when she died in uh in that raven attack but i guess we'll get there um right before right before we get there though one thing that i thought was kind of funny so we we flashback to Isaac's laboratory, and like, I uh, this cracked me up. I was like, fuck, no wonder your research isn't proceeding as quickly as it should. You're literally fucking feeding your assistants to zombies, like, <laughs> m- muzzle that son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I that just it cracked me right up when I saw that in, in maybe an ironic way, maybe unironic. I don't know, but I thought it was funny.
1: No, it was cool. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was, I think that was, a uh, intentionally. Goofy, you know, like he's, he's got this bad, this, uh, sadistic side, you know, I liked it.
0: Um, so we also catch up with Alice and she picks up a diary from some gas station, which has like a thousand flies flying around this one dude. It was freaking nasty. Uh, but she picks up a diary and is telling her about a safe haven out in Alaska so there we go. We have the uh, kind of a classic we have the traveling, zombie
1: trope. yeah. There's Safe always haven somewhere trope. Yeah,
0: Yep. You know what? I I think that that trope can actually be used to pretty good effect, though, if used properly. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's not like a. It's not like overdone. I would say. Like it just. I mean, mm. it ha- It it seems like a an obvious thing that would happen <laughs> if that were to break out. Is that like yeah. We can't stay where we are, like we got to go somewhere else. And then people would probably obviously start making up stories of of a better place. So, I'm I'm not opposed you know to that trope. I like that the movie kind of acknowledges that
0: too later in the movie when they're just like there's probably nothing even in Alaska, but like these people need hope. And uh, like I feel like that's that's like very like, if, if this were to happen in real life, that you'd probably have exactly that. Like, some place that people would make up is, like, even if it's not real and even if they know deep down inside that it's not, like, you know, this safe haven from the T-virus that, like, it's at least a goal to work towards. It's something to push towards instead yeah. of, you know, oh. living one moment to the next.
1: Overall, like, Claire, kind of, like, the people leading, like, Claire and all that, like, and even Alice or whatever, like, they don't they they don't seem naive or stupid you know they they acknowledge the fact that like maybe it's not real but yeah like i like that yeah. i li- cuz yeah they do other stupid things but like overall like the characters to me are all likable and then they they usually avoid like some of the like annoying stupid <laughs> things in some of these types of movies oh
0: there's there's one gooey but i'm saving it i'm gonna i'm gonna unleash my barrels when we get to this point later in the movie i think Um, i
1: think i might know what it is but uh we might we might agree (laughs) okay 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 i'm curious i'm curious keeping your cards close to the vest
0: (laughs) so i i was like at the movie we're we're 30 minutes in now and uh, aside from the opening i was just like i feel like nothing has really happened like we had kind of the the dog scene at the very beginning but like we've just got kind of 20 minutes of people like driving in the desert and like kind of just like visiting labs and stuff like that i was i was itching
1: for some action this is classic Spateri here can't handle some (laughs) setup some basic setup we had a hot open well we had two hot opens we had the shocking opening and then we had this this action-packed scene where she fed some people to some zombie dogs and then it, the movie slows down and it establishes the characters and sets up the plot. And I think that's okay. It's, it's a short movie, you know, it's not similar to AVP. Like it just takes a little bit of time to set up some of the characters, but Andy's a bloodthirsty goon. Uh, yep. That's
0: true.
1: <laughs> I think, cause I think it ends up delivering on all, all of the things you want, you know, but I think, uh,
0: I think they no, tried to make
1: okay. like a. I think they tried to make like also a good movie too, and you know.
0: Right, I think they right.
1: succeeded. I I was a little bit thirsty
0: at this point <laughs> in the movie, but uh, you know I I was willing to roll with it. But I did timestamp it, and I'm like, God, I I hope we get to something soon. And uh, we'll we'll talk about some of the action sequences <laughs> later. But uh, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just like. It, maybe it's just, like, the the desert kind of aesthetic that just, like, it looks the same in every scene that it's in. So, like, it feels... Like, when nothing's happening, it just feels the same to me. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But, uh, I don't know. I noticed it when, like, nothing was happening, even more so in this movie. But uh, maybe I just wanted a movie, of, like, yeah. set in Isaac's lab with a bunch of <laughs> Alice clones because that's the coolest part. I actually think that's probably what I do want, but, um, I mean, we yeah, were going back
1: and forth from the lab to the desert, and I, I thought the lab parts were so cool. And I, 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 th- I already kind of said it, but I, I, there was all these kind of small character moments that were endearing that I kind of liked. Like, I like, again, like the guys, like, just being goofy, shaking the can, and, uh, guessing everyone's meals, and, uh, you've got sort of this, they're setting up the relationship with uh LJ and Ashanti um and i yeah i just i liked i found myself kind of like okay i like i like these characters so i liked i felt like they took a reasonable it was similar to me again in avp where it's like uh not not all the characters were like super deep or whatever but like for me i found right. some of them likable
0: yeah, that, that's fair, and I, I think it might just be the... Maybe it is the aesthetic, because I was I was finding myself enjoying AVP a little bit more, because, like, you're in this cool temple, or, like, this pyramid, and, like, here you're just kind of, like, in the desert. Like, I definitely think that it picked up for me when we got to the mm-hmm. laboratory, but he yeah. also kind of existed on his own, you know?
1: Yeah. I will say, like, for this, for what I expected from knowing... I kind of knew this was, like, desert-based... And I knew, you know, this is a budget film. Um, it's not right. like... It's not like... Totally like a visual, visually striking movie. But I would say it avoids like... Being c- completely disgusting looking. Like I think of... In the early scenes of like Assassin's Creed, I remember. They kind of live out in like the west. And it just... It looks like it has like that filter of like... uh like, three filters of, like, a Call of Duty game on it, you know? Like, it looks nasty. (laughs) Like, this movie doesn't look like Mad Max, you know? Like, uh, where it's, like, just a visual delight. But I was also, like, like some work was put in where... Like, to me, even compared to uh, the second movie, uh, where it kind of had this sort of blue, early 2000s gross sheen to it, like... This looked okay. Yeah. This wasn't an ugly movie. Um,
0: no, I I don't think it was ugly either. Just, you know, by the nature of the movie and, like, the desert kind of road trip gimmick, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. But, you, no, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I don't think that it's ugly by any means. I Like, this is, it's a competently
1: made movie for sure. In every yeah.
0: aspect, I would say.
1: <laughs> I um, like this aspect of the podcast where we're like, yeah, it's it's not a total... <laughs> shit show <laughs> alright so it looks like it looks like the real Alice
0: has some kind of telepathic ties to all of her clones because she is um, she's blowing stuff up in her sleep as one of her clones is getting strangled to death so I thought that that was like kind of a cool little, little gimmick that would play out later in the movie I don't know if it was paid up as much or
1: uh, paid off on as much as I thought it would be but I thought that this was cool Well, it's um, there. That was one of the things that I feel like they're setting up for the next movie, uh, which we'll talk about the ending. You know, that was where it was going for me. I think.
0: Yeah, I will. You know what? I will say I am freaking excited for Resident Evil Four. Yes. I think that's gonna be sweet. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. Uh, All right. So I thought that this was actually pretty cool. We got uh was it the red queen or the white queen i can't remember
1: this is the white queen <laughs> this is the white queen okay yeah, not the red the red queen was in the previous films i mean i guess movie. the red queen was red right
0: yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that i say that that seems obvious uh, I, I like i it's something creepy about this little girl I, I enjoyed having the uh the white queen back in this movie
1: it was a good, uh, it was a good kind of twist on it, too. Even, um, I wouldn't say it, it gets, like, uh, character development later, but because it's not, like, necessary. I guess it's not really a character, but, uh, there's sort of a twist, not not even a twist, but there's a bit more, um, insight into, like, the nature of this AI that I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. You, you kind
0: of learn, because, like, even in the first Resident Evil... The Red Queen is like an AI and she's doing what she's doing to contain the T virus. So, like, she's not evil necessarily. Um, and in this one, it's like the exact same thing where I think she even says something along the lines of, like, later, my sister was just trying to, you know, basically stop the spread. And you see the Red or the White Queen cooperating with Alice in this movie too because it's like for the greater good of, yeah.
1: you know, I, and I like that. And so and I also I like that one just like a small detail is like she's more human looking, right? Less cause the Red Queen was like straight up just like red, you know? Yeah. But they make her more human looking, still creepy, obviously, but more human looking because I think it's like meant to be like this is more this is more approachable, you know, like just you kind of are able to like kinda identify more with this whatever you know so yeah i um, agree but again it added to me to the like you sort of had because she's sort of like on the quote-unquote bad guy team but it's like now this third layer you know because you had the dr isaacs going against wesker fighting the good guys but then like you have this ai that he's using that's like kind of aiding them because it has its own very specific motivation uh, to contain the virus or stop the virus so i don't know i thought this was all made for some pretty intriguing uh intrigue
0: <laughs> yeah i i agree i i thought that the uh i liked seeing the queen or like this little girl or whatever like come back i thought it was a good tie-in um i thought that she added to the story like not a not a very big role or not super important to the plot but like i i appreciated like the the layers that the White Queen added. So yeah, I agree. I, th- I thought that she was good. Yeah. Um, so I finally got my wish. We're going we're gonna to quench our thirst here. We, <laughs> yeah. have, we have about a million zombie <laughs> ravens <laughs> circling yeah. around the Claire Redfield convoy. This is kind of cool. This is kind of neat.
1: It was kind of cool. They This was, I think, the worst um, visual in the movie. Like, <laughs>
0: I don't think they look good at all. No. The idea, I think, is, is very cool. But yeah, The idea is
1: good. cool. It reminded me of uh, some of the elements that Paul had in AVP where it's like, you know, he didn't have to, like, really think that much about it. And it's not, like, super deep. But just the idea of, like, oh, they've been feasting on uh, this zombie flesh and it's kind of like given them the virus. So I was like, that's, that's like a neat touch. You know what I mean? And it also, yeah. it also was a good setup for, cause they get later to, to Vegas and it's like completely empty and there, and there's like no zombies there. And it's like, well, the sand has taken it over and the birds picked it all clean, you know? So like, I was like, okay, like that's like a little bit more steps that I thought, than I thought they would put into it, you know?
0: And also, I was just like, dude, there is, like, there's a million of these ravens in the sky. Like, there's no way that they don't, like, immediately all get pecked to death. Like, yeah. Because, like, you see some of the ravens, and they're, like, they land on the characters, but, like, they don't bite them, and it's like, well, what the hell are you doing?
1: Like... Yeah, I don't but, understand but... the ravens' motivations. You know, maybe they're, they got zombie brain, so... Um. Yeah, some yeah, characters maybe. last pretty long. Uh, some of the deaths are pretty cool, though. Like, some of the, the peckings are cool. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and yeah, I, uh, I, I was just like, okay, whatever. Just just go with it. Like, who cares if they're not biting?
1: But... I, you know, I did like that uh, from an action perspective. I like that they were like... This felt to me like... They were like, what if uh, the birds... Like, what if Hitchcock's the birds? But they're like... Crazy zombie birds, and it's it's nuts, you know. Like I, I like that they that felt like another little like drawing from another movie, but like amping it up in the Resident Evil yeah. fashion.
0: Uh, yeah, I I liked it, and I was, you know, what when they weren't pecking everybody, and when they looked bad, I was just like, okay, whatever, I'm suspending my my disbelief. Like it doesn't matter; it's just a zombie movie. But this <laughs> fucking scene, I thought, like. There's one point, so they're all in the bus, right? Yeah, yeah. They drive. They drive, like, maybe six feet. They six feet, and they smash this fucking pole head on. And I was just, like, facepalmed so hard. And I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? How could you not see that?
1: There's birds everywhere, man. <laughs> oh.
0: Oh, man. I I was, like, I'm willing to accept the, the raven birds and, like, them not pecking everybody to death immediately, but I was just like, dude, the goddamn pole is, like, right there. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. <laughs> I, I didn't ha- I didn't notice this, but... Oh, it was awesome. I was, <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. I was just, like... I actually, like, hurt my
0: forehead face-palming at this. It was awesome. <laughs> also, uh, rip to Ashanti.
1: Yeah, so, I, yeah, I was gonna say, like, um like they I was kind of endeared a little bit to, to her and LJ I was like okay they got a good they got a good vibe good chemistry and early on LJ gets bit yeah. and he does the thing where like you know they don't tell anyone um, and so I thought oh this is gonna like create a really upsetting moment later you know where one of them turns and the other one has to deal with it but uh, instead she just gets torn apart by birds um, I was like, "Oh, yep. I, I didn't expect that," you know. Yep. <laughs> Though the uh, moment he does turn, uh, lends itself really well to the tension of the particular scene it happens in. So, I still thought I had a good payoff. Uh, I guess. Uh, y- did you guess that that was what I hated? No, no. I have something. Then maybe you didn't think of, or may we'll 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 see because maybe I can knock this down move, okay, movie movie yeah, down we'll, a little we'll bit. Get, for we'll get we'll get to the LJ thing. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so just as Carlos is about to get crowed, uh, Alice shows up and she uses this like telepathic shield to like burn and blow up every raven. And there's this big explosion of fire. This is pretty sweet.
1: Ridiculous. And that's when it's like because, you know, like in the opening scene, Alice, when she gets captured, you know, she's immediately about to like wreck all those like people who caught her, you know, and wreck all the dogs and stuff. And when this happens, it's like, okay, like Alice is so OP, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh, she yeah. is so insanely OP, but, uh, like that is kind of the point. And I think it ends up working pretty well for the movie. Cause, especially cause like, she can't always like, she doesn't totally grasp her power. You know what I mean? So like, um, yeah, but it, it is so ridiculous, but uh, it works. It works really well. Like this is kind of a, an amazing um, moment.
0: Yeah. I I thought that it was great. I actually rewinded it just to watch it again.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I was just like, well, that was cool. Fuck, she just like yeah, <laughs> exploded she, all the ravens. That was that was pretty badass.
1: Like if she should, could just do that all the time, they'd be good. You know, like they wouldn't have to have yeah. this elaborate plan at the end. Like or non-elaborate plan, I guess, but she could have just torched all the zombies. She needs to go, like, full Neo and Matrix Revolutions on these fucking zombies. I think that's, what's good, that's where we're going. I think that's, like... I think so, too. ...going to be one of these movies. Maybe it's the final chapter, but I think eventually she's just going to be, like, God, you know? <laughs> all right, so we have Alice,
0: who is, like, God, and we have... The complete and utter opposite of that. We meet fucking Kmart.
1: Dude, what did you think of Kmart? I forgot about Kmart. (laughs) Kmart isn't a factor for me, I guess. I thought, um... I guess Kmart... I, I have no feelings either way. I guess Kmart was supposed to be kind of like a... A character for Alice to kind of, like, be attached to. Similar to, like... I think, like, the girl, maybe, in part two. But, like... Uh, I was going to say, what happened to her? I don't even remember. Her. I get um, Maybe
0: she... Because I thought she was safe at the end of the movie. Maybe she died in the five years.
1: Yeah, well, I guess... I don't know. Who knows? She's in custody with someone. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't have any negative feelings about Kmart either, though. Oh. Apparently, you do. Uh, I
0: wouldn't say like she she was she was bad. It's just like uh I don't know. I I was just like Kmart, what the fuck? Uh, it that it was just it seems so like, goofy to me.
1: Yeah. There's always there, there's always like some character. It makes actually this is before the time, but it makes me think of like in Zombieland where everyone calls each other by the town they're from. It's a little it's a little hokey. Yeah, but um, whatever.
0: <laughs> it made me just think of Rain Man. Like every time that that they say Kmart, all I can think of is like, "Tell him Ray, Kmart sucks." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I thought she was. I was just like, when I was watching it, I was like, "Dude, we went from Michelle Rodriguez to Kmart. Like how far <laughs> we have fallen." You know,
1: there's there. You know what though? I think it's cool. There's there's like some cool like female characters in this i thought like just the fact that like kind of the two bosses of the situation are uh alice and claire and like it's not even like like not even a big deal is made out of it by the movie ever you know it's just like very normal like obviously they're like there's a little bit of like and and they're smoking fucking hot you know (laughs) but like uh (laughs) But I don't know, I thought it was cool like that It it's just, like, no... You know, like, a lot of movies would, like, make big deals about that, and it would be very obnoxious.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I I thought that their interaction was good, and I thought that it made sense. Like, uh, it, it was very easy to see where Claire was coming from. It was very yeah. easy to see where Alice was coming from.
1: So, like, from. If, if there's just, like, a Kmart in there, too, it's like, whatever, you know, there's some there's some bargain bin characters on uh, both sides of the aisle.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> she, she was just like,
0: I, I think that maybe I thought that she was going to be worse than, than she was. Cause she's like, she's like there to be rescued. Right. And she is rescued later in the movie, but I was like, I was absolutely sure that we were going to get Kmart stuffed down our throats a little bit more than we did when I saw her mm-hmm. and, I, and we probably did get Kmart a little bit too much. And I, again, I'm not going to tell any actress that they didn't do a very good job, but, um, you know, I Kmart, Kmart wasn't working for me, but she wasn't like awful. Um, I actually, this is the point where transitioning to something that I just didn't, didn't really like at all. Like I kind of mentioned earlier, this is the point where I was just like, Wesker is not working for me at all. I don't understand him. I don't get it. Like, he, so he is telling Isaacs, so Isaacs tells Wesker that they found Alice and they need the real Alice to synthesize their their antidote or their cure or whatever they're making, right? So I'm thinking like, dude, if I'm Wesker and we have like a really good shot that that's actually Alice, like why am I holding Isaacs back from doing what needs to be done? This is usually a trope that like, your bad guy does to your good guy so it's like it was weird because it was positioning Isaacs as like the sympathetic good guy in the situation even though he's doing like bad shit you know what I mean it was it was a very
1: weird dynamic um yeah I don't know I I thought that I again liked that they weren't in like lockstep with each other you know and I guess I guess I don't know what his like big idea is like I forgot, like, I can't remember why, what the justification was for him not to go get her. Maybe they thought it was, like, too risky or something, but, like, it worked for me just fine. Like, I, I, I again liked that it made, to me, it made the Isaac's character more interesting. That he, he, you know what, he was focused on the goal that wasn't overall the goal of the corporation he was serving, you know?
0: Yeah, and, and I get that. And, like, I think that um, I kind of like... Or I, I should say, I didn't mind that Wesker and Isaacs weren't on the same page either. To me, like, that, that dynamic where, like, your superior holds you back and, like, you rebel against your superior either really works if you're, like... It works when there's a clearly defined heel and a clearly defined baby face. And, like, the heel-heel thing didn't work for me in this scenario because it's, like, they're both bad guys. They're, like... It, You kind of want to root for Isaacs, but like, and you're kind of frustrated with Wesker because it's like, dude, we just want to help you with your evil plan. And like, it's like 95% sure that it's Alice and you're waiting until confirmation of 100% sure, like just go for it. Um, I I don't know. I I was a little bit frustrated with Wesker in that scenario. But like the other thing too, is like, I guess Wesker
1: just in general also
0: wasn't working (laughs) for me. So that probably kind of exasperated that. Or exasperated that
1: yeah that was only that was my only negative, but like i just I just thought it was kind of funny <laughs> I was like, well, he looks shitty, <laughs> but it didn't uh, this didn't take away from for me at all
0: i I don't know it it, it kind of put um it put Isaac's into like this weird kind of tweener role almost, but he's like he's still the yeah. bad guy, but yeah i I don't know that that's what I, was
1: interesting to me though was that I mean, and it wasn't because he was doing it for good or anything, but, like, um, it, it, it gave him a more clear motivation and, to me, made, it led, the path that that led to made the final confrontation, uh, have a lot of, like, have some weight behind it. Like, what drove him to become the tyrant, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, I, I don't know, it, it, I didn't like it as much as you did, but I didn't, uh, <laughs> it, it didn't, like, I still think that Isaacs was the most interesting character and like this added to that, but it was just, it was a weird dynamic. I, I thought
1: I still, and I stand by the fact that like, that's good. Like that's what it's supposed to be. Wesker isn't, he's not the villain of this movie. He's, he's going to be in future movies. Like Isaacs is the focus, you know? Hmm wesker wesker is really just right now that's why i said he might as well have been a shadowy figure because like to me he shouldn't he should have been less of a character and less and more of like you know he's like a plot element to me
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah i agree like we almost left too much wesker in this movie
1: yeah like i think the idea is like um like i don't know if the if like their plan needed to be explained to Isaac's like like it could've been boiled down to no the corporation finds your uh your theory too risky uh so no, you know, but instead you know instead it's like you put a character to it, a face to it, and like sort of you give a half hearted explanation, and it's like it kind of falls flat, but to me. The point, I feel like the point should be that the corporation is going against what he thinks is his genius plan. Yeah, it should be frustrating, I think, that he should, you should almost, like, feel kind of frustrated with him, even though he's the bad guy, I think.
0: Yeah, like, and I, I agree with what you were saying, like, they, if they would have had, um, like, not, not Wesker at all, really, but, like, they have that one annoying guy in the suit who, he the British guy who constantly follows Isaacs around and he's always telling him he can't do this and he can't do that. I feel like so at the end of the movie, um, when Isaacs like tentacles him to death, which is actually like sweet. I feel like yeah. that would have been a bigger pop moment if if he was like the bad guy or like the the kind of the mouthpiece for the you know what I mean?
1: That's what I felt like, though, is he was kind of like a snitch a little bit. So to me, it was pretty yeah. satisfying, and, and
0: that was still a pretty cool moment. It, like it, it was a pop moment when he like tentacled him. But I think it could have, if they had <laughs> built it up more instead of with Wesker. I don't know. I, I think I'm probably just picking on Wesker here, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's just the goofy fucking sunglasses. But I don't know. Um, yeah,
1: maybe Eminem should have played him. You know, <laughs>
0: that would have been cool. Except
1: Eminem's not bleach blonde anymore, or
0: is he? No, he's not.
1: Well, in 2006, this is prime Eminem years. Uh, yeah, that's
0: true. That's He's true. He's at the height
1: of his powers. Good to have had Eminem
0: and Ashanti. I bet you they would have made a song.
1: Oh my god, the credits rap would have been so good.
0: Uh, it would have been better than what we got, actually. I can't. You know what? This is the first Resident Evil movie where I can't remember. Like the ending song because I remember the first two I was like this is a banger.
1: It was a bit more like metalcore, yeah, than ever. Like they've gone fully away from the new metal vibe because that it's it makes sense. That's not like metalcore and all that stuff was more of what was in in the mid to late two thousands. Like if if they had if they had like uh, Slipknot in this, it would have maybe been a little bit more like. Date, it would have been dated for the time, you know.
0: The Claire Redfield convoy decided they're all going to Alaska, so that's that's kind of cool. But I, dude, I didn't like this at all. So, our boy (laughs) LJ, this dude, got bit or scratched or something by a zombie, and he's infected. And he knows he's infected, and he's seen it happen before, and the motherfucker is still not telling anybody. He is not, like, leaving the the convoy. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is so irresponsible and selfish of you. And it directly, it directly leads to our boy Carlos getting infected later in the movie. I was yeah. like, I was
1: like, fuck, dude. Well, wait, are, yeah, are you mad at the movie or the character? No, LJ. Okay, okay. <laughs> I okay, cause I, I don't know.
0: The, gutless move. I think gutless move.
1: You know, LJ. He was a little bit more likable in this movie, but like, uh, you know, in in the in the movie he's introduced in, they kind of show he's sort of like out for himself. You know what I mean? A little bit more, and he does. He's likable. Yeah. Well, depends on who you're talking to. And he joins the crew, but like I felt like, yeah, I felt like it was like pretty believable that he would be kind of selfish and you know keep this to himself. It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like a big thing. I thought it would have been better if they went with the the more his romantic situation being a uh, kind of a an anchor to that. But uh, I liked I liked mm-hmm. the scene where he turns. Uh, because th- there is all this, like, chaos and stuff happening, and then he's in the truck, you know, with, uh, Carlos, and he gets him, and it's, like, it was a big, like, oh, shit moment, you know? You knew, you knew it was there. They, like, planted that, that, like, ticking time Bob, and it's something that's been, in, like, every zombie movie, like, someone always does this, you know? Um, which, it's another trope, though, that I feel like is very believable, you know, that you wouldn't want to accept that, so...
0: I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I'm not. I'm not mad at the movie for using the trope. But I was pissed at LJ. Okay. Which actually is maybe. Maybe that's even a good thing because like it shows engagement for your characters. But I was like, God damn it, LJ. Like, do do the right thing, and he didn't do the right thing, and it and it cost us Carlos by God. Which I guess we'll get to in a minute.
1: Yeah, that goes somewhere really cool, though.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That that was pretty cool. Um, Alright, so these The convoy is going to Las Vegas They're going to look for gas And uh, we meet we, we go back to our boy Isaacs And this dude is a gangster And secretly recorded Wesker And is now altering his words Just like that episode of The Office Where Jim Helper pranks Gabe And he is uh, He's authorizing himself to go and uh, Yeah, and this was the zombies. awesome This
1: was so It was sick. awesome Yeah so that's what I yeah, mean. Like I loved it. It it like gets you a little bit amped for stuff happening, even though it's like he's out to do bad shit. Because you're just like, fuck yeah, <laughs> he's breaking the rules. Uh,
0: I just like I love Isaac's. I think he's such a good character. Um, uh, I I wish that uh, you know I wish that he would have kind of been a continuing factor in this in this franchise. And I guess we're kind of jumping ahead here, but. Um. Yeah, I I thought that he was great. I I like really loved this kind of rogue doctor out for himself.
1: And I I think. See, I'm glad he's not. I felt like his end was so good for one of these movies, and it really did. It did really tie up. Like it felt like it tied up some sort of story with him that hasn't that actually doesn't exist over the course of the three movies. You know what I mean? Like it felt like a finale yeah. to a trilogy that he really w- wasn't in. Like he was in the second one. Uh, there is a doctor at the end of the first one. That's not played by him. It's played by Jason Isaacs. So maybe that's supposed to be the same character. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I Jason Isaacs is Dr. Isaacs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They, <laughs> they don't say, they just say like doctor or something, but um, yeah, I don't know. I felt like, yeah, he's great. He's great in this.
0: Um. Yeah, well, we're getting to the end here. We got uh, we got ourselves a shootout in the desert. Uh, Isaacs releases all of his zombies, and he releases them to the convoy. And yeah. uh, we, we got a good old-fashioned brawl.
1: This was, yeah, I liked this scene a lot. This was, like, what I was expecting out of the movie and its action, you know?
0: You know what? I almost feel like this was a bit
1: understated. Which seems ridiculous, because like Alice <laughs> is doing
0: like these crazy jumps, and like they they look terrible, but they look kind of like good terrible. But like it, it mostly was just kind of shooting, and like like I said, when I went into this movie, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go with it. If Alice fucking busts out a motorcycle and jumps through a window that's sixty feet in the air, I'm gonna cheer. And this was kind of like fairly like fairly tame as as far as as fights go. It, I don't know if you. If you kinda of got that too, but I I don't know, maybe I was just I was psyching myself up for a little bit more. I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> that's I guess that's like ties into what I was thinking about kind of being pleasantly surprised where the, to me this movie delivered on both fronts where it had like yeah, some of her flips were so ridiculous that I loved them. <laughs> uh but then it did have and it, it wasn't like the best action ever, but there was some pretty sick sick stuff in here but uh overall like i also felt like it was a pretty solid like it was pretty grounded other than that stuff like it had both to me it felt grounded and like it did a little bit of the gonzo classic resident Mm. evil paul ws anderson and uh i felt like it to me it towed that line well where um there was her doing her shit but then there was just like uh johnny cage sniping guys and i thought it looked cool and i thought the zombies uh looked pretty decent in this compared i thought they looked less good in the other movies but they looked pretty solid in this movie
0: yeah, yeah i would agree
1: with that i i think
0: um i never really noticed the zombies and uh, to me it's almost just like whatever zombies are zombies like yeah are just kind of there to get shot i but, just feel uh, like we
1: maybe and maybe i this is a thing i defended i can't remember if we want to go back to the other episodes but i think i think you might have mentioned in one of them them like looking awful <laughs> and uh yeah i de- like it stood out to me in this one that like yeah they didn't look they didn't look awful like in fact some of the close-up ones we had i were like oh that's like a pretty scary looking zombie i guess you know you've seen zomb- like you said you've seen zombies a million times so like maybe you kind of desensitized to them a little bit but
0: yeah I I know exactly what you're talking about I was uh, um, I was bitching about the way that they moved I'm pretty sure because they were all like janky and and stuff so in that regard I think that they move a lot better in this movie Uh, yeah I'll agree with you there Um,
1: but yeah I don't know she had the cool knives too (laughs) those were pretty sick Um, she looked exactly like she
0: does in monster hunter with those fucking knives
1: yeah yeah totally It was great and then to, to add to it like i feel like the scene had it had like story elements that i really liked where as opposed to just being like gonzo action it had um like i liked lj turning in the midst of the battle when you you know aren't aren't seeing it coming and uh you get uh johnny cage getting taken down and then like Oh, we'll talk about it i'm sure but Al- alice kind of getting like frozen all that stuff was like to me added to the fight in a cool way
0: yeah dude when when johnny fell from his perch that was just a, a sickening thud yeah when he landed on the rail oh my god
1: yeah yeah so pretty they had some pretty good
0: deaths here yeah, uh, his his I thought was the most brutal for sure, which is ironic because it's not. And it, like, it is kind of a zombie one, but really he just falls and like you know smashes his yeah. brains out. It's good. But, it's good uh,
1: flavor. It, <laughs> it's a good yeah. different
0: flavor. You know what? I I was pretty. I was mad at LJ. I was pissed that he bit Carlos and that he didn't do the right thing. But um, you know what? I, I was. Uh, I guess like in, in a way, in character. You know what? I can I can buy what you're selling, and that does make sense for LJ to do. So in that regard, I actually don't mind it at all. But I yeah. I agree. I thought that the uh, I thought that the fact that they could like kind of control Alice via satellite was like kind of a kind of a cool touch. It was like kind of cheesy when she powers through it, but like not not bad cheesy. You yeah. know what I mean? Just like well, uh,
1: it, I I thought it was kind of cool. It is a little bit like, it's like the other end of the spectrum of how OP she is. Like, it does feel a little bit yeah. like a like a 12-year-old coming up with the movie where it's like, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> she can use telekinesis to make a big firestorm in the sky and kill all the creatures. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, they can turn her brain off with a satellite. <laughs> like, but I loved it. Like, that's, that's kind of what I... That's like what I want. I think from these movies.
0: Uh, yeah, I I liked it, and she uh, she powers through, and uh, totally fucks up Isaac's crew. I thought this was great, and my man Doctor Isaac's he gets bitten actually, and uses all of the antivirus on himself. I loved this. He's he's turning into a zombie, and then he like just tentacles the the guy that's been following him <laughs> around after it gets shot right up
1: his nose that was good stuff i was a bit shocked because at first i was like okay they're like for some reason i didn't think they would be right there at the at the actual spot on the strip in vegas um but yeah she goes up like to the top of a building and he's just set up shop there and i was like did you have to do it this close you know but i mean whatever maybe it is and so I, th- I think that's kind of... I mean, it kind of justifies why they didn't want him to do it, because he, he did fuck it up, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But it was like, I was sort of... I Maybe they explain it, but I was like, why did he go out there? <laughs> did he have to be there? Maybe he did, I don't know. I don't know, maybe he just wanted to see Alice up close. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had to drop off the container of zombies, <laughs> but... Uh, because all the, the birds ate them all. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a, that's an in-person drop-off. You got to make sure there's no zombie ravens. <laughs> I actually thought that this next scene was was awesome and one of my favorite scenes. And it actually kind of made me realize that, like, you know what? I, I I liked Carlos, and I'm sad to see him gone. Yeah. Okay. But good. Our our boy who is infected, he does what LJ should have done and sacrifices himself and fucking drives a semi full of explosives into a shitload of zombies he lights up a joint and he blows <laughs> himself and all these zombies up
1: you're you're doing a bit of a disservice it's played so well he crashes the semi and then he looks up in the like uh sun block thing you put down what do you call those the sun shade and he sees the joint up there and he says like I think he goes like ha LJ <laughs> like LJ left the joint up there <laughs> And he lights it up, and it, like, zooms out of the cab while he's lighting the joint up, and it blows up. It's really cool. <laughs> it's really cool. <laughs> and you're just like, fuck yeah, Carlos. Like, that's, <laughs> that's like, his best scene, I think, in, in the series. And it... it I was already kind of sold on him a little bit, even though he wasn't doing too much more in this movie. He was just generally likable, but that put him over the top for me.
0: Yeah, he, uh... This was a great scene, and, like, he... He just seemed really likable to me in this in this moment and in this movie. He he did he the right like, thing. Yeah, he did the right thing. Like he was okay last movie, but this movie I was just like, you know what, this dude's he's smoking a joint, he's making out with <laughs> Alice, he's
1: blowing up zombies. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm gonna miss you, buddy. Here's this is what I thought you would be mad at, well, not this particular thing, but the scene in general, because okay, so. She before they go there, you know, she is going to try to kill Dr. Isaacs, but he gets on the helicopter and she hesitates and they're like, "What? you know, what are you doing? She's like, well, we need that helicopter because it's going to be way easier to fly to Alaska. So maybe the movie explains this and I'm just I missed something, but they're going now their plan is to break into that base, steal the helicopter and, and go to Alaska with the crew. But they decide that they need to take the whole caravan to get the helicopter. Like, even the people who aren't really, like, fighters that they're just, like, protecting, you know? But, like, why wouldn't mm. you just bring the people who do combat there to break into the base <laughs> to get the helicopter and then bring that to the other people you know what i mean <laughs> like that seemed a bit goofy You know what? that's funny because i it didn't even cross my mind it's ca- and i'm usually the one that nicks that nitpicks this shit <laughs> i don't know why that stood out to me it didn't like ruin it because i was like i it doesn't matter <laughs> you know what well, i mean hold on what about this so they didn't want to waste any precious fuel flying
0: to another destination to then fly to alaska what about that
1: Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe there's probably a throwaway line where they're like, We don't have enough fuel.
0: But <laughs> I, I don't think there was. I'm just making up excuses. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not bothered by it. I thought you would notice this and be bothered by it. But it's I No, I I was
0: pissed off at LJ, goddammit,
1: for not <laughs> telling anybody he was bitten. In the grand scheme of things though, like <laughs> it doesn't matter because it's not really what it's about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the characters you care about have died, or basically Uh Carlos is kind of the last big death, I think.
0: Yeah. Like, Claire, Claire is fine enough in this movie, but, like, you don't really like... Like, when Claire yeah. and the rest of them got on that chopper, I was like, okay, great. Like, they're not part of this movie anymore. It's just Alice. Like, Alice... Alice is like the, the really the only one that like like you really care about like Alice and Isaacs and and like to a, a much lesser extent Carlos to me in this movie. It was so good, when it was it, when they were gone and it was just Alice and Isaacs. I was like, okay, now yeah, business. That made is about sense. To pick
1: up. It was a good. It was good for the, like, yeah. It closed up that plot, which was good to kind of move the story around. And you had like, uh, the yeah. the ca- important characters you care about die, but then they're still like some story you have to resolve that's like the real story and I think that's fine that's that's the point you know is the final showdown is the one on one yeah it it would have been a lesser Uh, movie I think if it was just we got to get the chopper and that's it you know
0: oh yeah that would have been like super disappointing I like I think like I know I've said it uh, in this episode before but like I think like by and large the the most interesting parts of this movie are like the, the Isaacs and the laboratory scenes. Like, he... That, that was just, like, the most interesting thing to me. I wasn't really digging the desert aesthetic or, like, the caravan kind of thing going on. Like, yeah, it was Fair kind up, of fun, yeah. but, like... But I, I wanted I wanted the lab. So I was I was glad to see Claire, like, <laughs> fly away at this point.
1: <laughs> okay, sure.
0: Um, but, yeah, here we go. So Alice is going down into the lab, and she talks to the White Queen and learns that basically her blood... Is the cure for everything? They can uh, they can use it to reverse the T virus, but before they can synthesize any cures, she's got to take care of mutant Isaacs, and mutant Isaacs is uh,
1: quite a sight to behold. This was I said. This was sort of like the one where I I actually honed in a little bit more on Alice's character, and I I thought another element I liked was because it was finally uh, sort of getting at like what the trauma of going through all these experiences would be like you know she's not just like a blank slate and i think one thing like that kind of metaphorically and like thematically worked for me was like she sees the other corpses of her her self of the other versions of herself and so it's like her literally Mm -hmm. looking at other versions of like that same sort of like horror she experienced and so it's a minor thing but i i thought it was very effective
0: yeah i agree i i feel like for me it kind of um it added weight to like every time that she uses her like telepathic powers or whatever um she always takes a long time to recover afterwards and like to me i was just like oh like when she sees all of these corpses or, like, these these dead clones of herself, that's kind of, like, showing her the cost of her powers and, like, what they, you know, what they did and what they had to do to to get, like, this one perfect god-tier Alice or whatever. And, like, the movie doesn't really say that, but to me, I just, I was like, okay, well, okay. that's kind of, like, an interesting little, you know, like, an interesting little thing and that maybe I can that's why that, she can't yeah. use her powers as much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, I can see that.
0: Um. Yeah. There's, and and I'm sure that we'll like explore that probably more in the next it movie. Seems to be. Yeah. But yeah. So, anyways, we got Isaac's. Yeah, to take he care looks of before great. There. I I he he I, thought I thought he looked like Drax.
1: Okay. A little bit. Do you see that? I I could see that. I mean, I just thought actually that it was like one of the best like faithful things they have brought from the game because he looks like the tyrant from like part two of the games and like he actually looks like it and it it doesn't look bad and and it's like I'm pretty sure it's like he's partially practical, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't just look like this big Looney Tunes liquor that you're fighting is the final thing. Like and it's a character, <laughs> you know. Um and I yeah he just looked really good and it was like one that I was glad they kind of stuck with The game design because it's such a it's it's a little bit more grounded like I don't think he has like eyeballs on his arms and stuff but like he still looks just as nasty I did think the tentacle effects were kind of bad but you know they had a (laughs) bunch
0: they were really bad but you know they were kind of it was kind of awesome how bad they were I he sold it I love I love how much you bury that fucking liquor every time you talk
1: about it. I I didn't like <laughs> the only thing that liquor was good for was getting blown up by the motorcycle. Oh no.
0: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um yeah, this is actually, you know what? I do have one thing that stuck out to me about uh Isaac's here in the Tyrant form is like so he's talking like Ian Glenn and, and then he says like I told you I can't die in like the most American accent ever. And I, I thought it was so startling and so funny. I didn't pick Did up. Did you notice that. this?
1: No. Oh, man. You know, I think uh, Alice, she might have said it to like the white queen. She says some line that I don't know if it's meant to be a reference, but I think she says about him or someone where she's like, he's going to die down here. And it reminded me of the red queen in the first movie. (laughs) I didn't catch his one liner Uh, though. Oh dude.
0: It it was, it was kind of awesome. It it was just very startling. And it's,
1: Um, it's in the setting of the first movie of the mansion. So it just had this like real strong, it it felt like thematically wrapping up a story again that he wasn't even really there for, for a lot of it. But,
0: uh, well, let's, let's get to some more callbacks here. Um, Alice lures the tyrant Isaacs into the laser room, and we finally get some cube action. I thought this was great. Yes. Uh, yeah, and so and also, Alice is about to get cubed, but then her clone saves her, and I'm thinking to myself, like, what? There's two Alice's now. Are you kidding me?" And uh, of course we see Boy later are you? That there's are like... you...
1: <laughs> yeah, there's
0: like 2,000. Alice's, which is, uh, is going to be kind of cool, I think. But yeah, I, I thought that this is a cool scene.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it it again, it was just like you introduce the cube grid in the beginning and you're like, oh, you're not going to use it. And then it's like the final death and it's like cool because it's like one of the only really memorable. It's like her dress and the laser grid are mm-hmm. like the only memorable thing from the first movie, I think. And so it was cool to tie that up. It almost feels like they put a bow on that stuff, you know, and we're we're already detached, but now we're going somewhere totally different, you know. Uh, but I yeah. I like that they brought that back because it's very cool, like a very iconic <laughs> thing to me is the the watching the body crumble into cubes. It's so good.
0: It's so satisfying, I think, and, and it works. It delivers every time.
1: Yeah, I feel like you can't keep doing it. You know, they didn't do it in the second one, but like. You know, like, I don't know if it'll have this, I don't know if it would have the same impact if they brought it back again, but it was very, you know what, fitting.
0: if it showed up in the final chapter in some form or fashion, I think that would be okay, but like, it should definitely take off the next couple of movies.
1: Yeah. Sit, sit, sit out for a couple cube grid. Yeah. <laughs> One of the greatest uh, weapons in the, in the whole series. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. I feel like I've beat up on Wesker a lot, but uh,
1: I don't know. I, I just fucking hate
0: him in this movie. I think he sucks. I think the, the casting was bad. I think he looks goofy. He didn't make any sense to me. Alice says that he's coming for him. The entire time, I was just like, man, I wish that Isaacs was like the overarching bad guy in this movie, but at least we know where we're going for the next movie, and we end on that note with uh, this army... Of Alice's getting ready for war.
1: Yeah, she released... They're all in those, like, liquid pods. And there's three of her in one shot, I think. And it's really great. And then they zoom out. And there's, like, an army of them. And, like, uh, that... Like the beginning, where they show all the corpses. This was even crazier to me. (laughs) Like, especially because I felt like, again, the movie was, like, a little bit more grounded... Um, where I was like, okay, they kind of got their own tone and it's, it's, it's definitely wacky in a way I love, but like, you know, I like where it's going. Um, but then they end on this and I was like, where the fuck is this going? (laughs) Like, that's the craziest upping the stakes ever to me. Like crazier, like it was already crazy when she was like lighting all those crows on fire and she has crazy telekinesis, but now she's... Got an army of herself. <laughs> like what the fuck is are is gonna be the next movie?
0: I like I'm like legit excited to watch the next movie. Like I I gotta be honest, I didn't love Extinction, but That's it funny. got me it got me hyped for what is the next one? Afterlife? Afterlife, yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, like, I'm I'm ready for that, because, like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, we've got this army of Alices going up against, like, all these, like, mutants in the world here. Like, this is gonna be sweet.
1: I remember thinking it was crazy at the end of the second one that she, like, made those guys die by looking at them through a camera, and that's, <laughs> that seems quaint now, you know? <laughs> like, that that's like, oh, that's cute. Dude, I, yeah, I'm, like,
0: like, actually... Excited to watch the next uh Resident Evil movie, which is not something I was after yes! the first or the <laughs> second. So there you go. I'm it, happy this mission accomplished that. almost. Yeah. Um, all right, let's wrap it up here really quick. Uh we got some box office notes here. This movie made a hundred million dollars worldwide, so again, very, very profitable. No wonder they kept making them. Rotten Hell Tomatoes, yeah. you know the, you know the score, it's the same as the other <laughs> ones. It uh got 24% from the critics, 58% from the audience, the consensus. Resident Evil Extinction is more of the same. Its few impressive action sequences unable to compensate for the pedestrian plot. Um I think the keyword there is like it really is more of the same. And like this one to me feels like it feels like a bridge between like like where were, it. Let me put another analogy. Actually, it feels like if this was a TV series, you usually hit like kind of a different lull by the time you get to episode three of a season, and okay. you kind of get into some other like little subplots or something like that. So this kind of felt to me like setting up the next really awesome episode. So I I think that that's the best thing that this movie did is like got you really excited to like tune in next week for you know what's mm. gonna happen kind of thing.
1: Yeah, like, for me, for me, like, I obviously personally enjoyed it a lot, along with the second one, but, uh, it did do, it did do a thing, I would agree with that analogy in a way that, um, it makes me think of some shows, yeah, that take a little bit of time to get going, and then, like, by the time they get good, like, they justify, like, the previous episodes, even though you might not have liked them, like, this, to me, like, justified, like, I like the first Resident Evil movie now because of this movie, even though I didn't like it at the time. Like, it retroactively raised it in my mind. Um,
0: it's, it's funny to me, because I feel like I retroactively like the first and the second movie more. Like, I, I, like I, I like the previous Resident Evil movie more every time I watch a new Resident Evil movie. And I'm hoping that Afterlife can buck that trend.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe that'll be... Maybe that'll be the first one that we are in total agreement on. Because I'm I'm getting more and more positive And I think you might... Like, it might... Maybe it'll get there for you, too.
0: I, I think it could. I think it might. Um. So, like... So, Goo, I'll, I'm gonna give... I think I'm gonna give this movie a thumbs down. But it's, like, a softer thumbs down. Okay. Like... It's uh, it's not like this is a it's, momentous. It's not day. like
1: absolutely awful, you know. This is a big. This is a big virtual theater moment.
0: Well, imagine. Hold on. Imagine when we get to maybe maybe the next couple ones will be bad, but then the final chapter pulls it up and we both thumbs up it to end our Resident Evil saga. Can you imagine the, that being the drama? Cr-
1: yeah, actually, oh. I kind of hope that you dislike <laughs> the next ones just so. <laughs> We could have that happen with the final chapter. I'm.
0: I'm gonna say right now. I'm gonna give the final one a thumbs up, no matter what, no matter how awful it is. Just because, even if all seven have been awful, I'll give the final one a thumbs up. Just because we'll have been done. It was a so, journey, Paul. <laughs> I'm assuming this is a big thumbs up for you.
1: Yeah, actually, and I'm. Uh, you're gonna think this is ridiculous, but this is one of my favorite movies we've covered. I wholeheartedly wow. en- enjoyed it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm happy that you enjoyed this as much that as you did. That was, surprises me
1: though. I was all smiles the whole time watching it. I was just pleased as as pie the whole time.
0: You know what? I really do wish that uh that we could watch these like kind of in person together cuz I do think that that definitely adds to the uh <laughs>
1: We the, would. The we
0: atmosphere, would... the ambiance, as it will. I think we would thumbs up every movie. <laughs> every single movie. <laughs> <laughs> Put the fucking mic on. Mic, on. mic is on. Uh, Joe cracked the on, huh? yeah. got it? Shottie. Terror be about us all right well we hope that this was uh, was a chill episode to listen to of course we are not done at all with resident evil we got four more of these movies <laughs> if you can believe it wow um yeah wow and uh we got a good slate of shows coming up for you uh in the next little bit here um i am uh i'm actually like really looking forward to the next couple ones that we're doing here so surprisingly to me Professor Layton won our last poll. And I I'm, yeah. I'm like looking forward to this movie cuz I think it's going to be a, a nice little detective movie. So I'm I'm looking forward to that one a lot actually.
1: Yeah, me too. I, I I it looks cool, so like visually. So it'll be nice to just look at for a while.
0: Um but the big one, the absolute the main oh, event, yeah. the the icing on the cake for this year is going to be we are revisiting the Star Wars universe. We are finally going back to cover the prequels. We're on episode two, Attack of the Clones. I am like so hyped for this. I'm gonna listen to our, our Phantom Menace episode over. I'm gonna get all my story notes and like pick up where I left off. I'm like I am absolutely ready to to record Star Wars episode two
1: yeah i this is the one i probably remember the least about so like phantom yeah. menace was like i remembered every moment it was seared into my brain but like the the next two like as a kid i didn't like as like i it wasn't like i disliked them but like I, they just didn't connect with me as much as the movie i watched when i was nine years old you know as opposed to yeah my my tweens you know like so it'll be interesting to view these because I have I have less of an affinity for them. Whereas like the first one is an all time childhood movie.
0: And, and for me, I think like I really love The Phantom Menace and I like Revenge of the Sith a lot, but I think Attack of the Clones, if I remember correctly, is kind of bad. bad which,
1: Everyone says it's bad. Yeah. I'm I, and I think I think it is, which excites me to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, you know, I've, I've been on the record, um, saying on various podcasts that I think the prequels are bad and that, uh, people who are trying to reevaluate them and say them good are good are wrong. But, uh, now I'm like, we're going into this and I'm like, I want to like this movie. (laughs) So I've totally swerved and I'm, I'm totally a hypocrite, but I like, I want, I want this to be good. So I'm going in with that mindset, hoping that it can be enjoyable.
0: I, I think that like, even if it's bad, I, I do remember there being enough in this movie that like, I still, I still like it. You know, I mean like you've got like, you know, you've got your sick action sequences, lightsaber fights. You got like, uh, yeah, I mean, Ewan McGregor is still there. It's like, you got a lot of good stuff still. You got less Jar Jar fucking Binks. So, you know, it does it does have a lot of good things going for it. So, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward
1: to that. I I keep seeing people saying that there's there's like elements of film noir in this movie and I'm like how can that be? And but I like see that take pop up now every once in a while and I'm like if I even get like a morsel of that, I'll be like I'll eat that shit up, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh. You know what, I, I can maybe
0: think of one scene in that movie that's, like, somewhat film noir. So. You know
1: what, that's actually the mindset I'm going in. I'm not even going to question it. I'm going to go into this being, like, time to watch a film noir movie. <laughs> My favorite space noir movie. <laughs> Dude, can you
0: imagine, like, a, a Star Wars detective movie? There
1: are so oh. many Star Wars movies they should, like like solo should have been a straight up there's heists in it but it wasn't a heist movie i don't think like star wars is the perfect brand to do all these spin-offs, but they won't do them they just keep making star wars movies give, a, give
0: us a film noir star wars god damn it you could do anything listening. it's <laughs> yeah 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 that'd be cool yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. Um, and that's coming soon. That's gonna. That'll be our last episode of the year, I believe. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that'll probably yeah. if we stay on track. That'll be like the week of Christmas. So. Yeah. There you go. Christmas is
0: is coming early for all you virtual theater listeners uh, this year. <laughs> Uh well we we don't have a poll to plug uh this week but we do want you to check us out over on Twitter of course at Virtual Theater X at spateri 316 and at GUI Fame and uh, yeah make sure that you are checking Goo out over on Twitch and make sure that you are checking Virtual Theater out over on Patreon.com forward slash Virtual Theater uh we've got our bonus episodes up there we've got the Legend of Zelda cartoon which. You can listen to the first episode for free over on the Champions Cast. So if you are looking for a little sample, uh, go and check that out. And of course, we want you to check us out over on uh, on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere you get your podcasts, go and like and subscribe. Um, and yeah, it's uh, looking forward to the next couple episodes here. I'm, uh, I'm excited for what
1: we got coming up. Oh, yeah. And there's even more in the tank. Uh, yeah, this tank is always full here at Virtual Theater. By God, we we
0: we're never <laughs> empty.
1: And and there's a little there's a little Paul peeking around the corner, right after Star Wars. So just a little tease a little there. Paul.
0: A little Paul. All right. Yeah. Well,
1: let's let's leave
0: everybody with that. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for listening, and uh, we'll see you back here next time for Professor Layton.